Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Joe to See Now with me. Jojo Siwa, an iHeartRadio podcast. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm actually, I'm really excited for this. So we've, um, welcome back, first of all, to Jojo Siwa Now. I am Jojo Siwa, and uh, this is me now. I feel like I need some sort of official intro, you know? When I was a kid and I did YouTube, I had, hey, everyone, it's Jojo, welcome back. But I feel like Jojo Siwa Now, I need like a like solid, I say this every time, or maybe I don't because... You know, I'm different now, so maybe maybe that's the whole point of not having an intro. I don't know. Anyways, not the point of today. Point of today is I am doing a Q&A for the first time since I stopped doing JoJo's Juice years ago. Um, I used to have this thing on my YouTube channel called JoJo's Juice, where every Wednesday I would answer questions off of Twitter, and then I would pour a different juice on my head. So you got to juice on my life and then juice over my head. Today, you are getting the juice on my life, but you are not getting the juice over my head, mainly because this is audio. But uh, even if it was video, believe it or not, I wouldn't do that anymore. That's such a lie. I so would. I love JoJo's Juice. That was so fun. Anyways, hi, welcome back to Jersey One Now. Today, I am so stoked. You know, we've had a lot of podcasts now where I've had my friends on. We've gotten to talk about our shared experiences, whether that be TV shows, um, life experiences, learning curves, all the things. Um, but today, we are taking it right back to the roots now. We are going to do a straight up Q&A. I asked you guys for questions on my Instagram at It's Jojo Siwa. You sent them in and I got lots of good questions to answer. And I tried my best to pick a variety of questions, you know, throughout career things to personal things, um, to, to advice things to also things that just were 
things that I haven't talked about necessarily or answers that are much deeper than just a quick little one sentence. Um, so buckle up because we're going to we're going to get real deep. We're going to get really deep right now. And I, I don't even know if I'm quite ready for this, but here we go. We're starting off so strong at Jojo's underscore paparazzi asked, if you had kids, what would you name them? And I, when I saw this question, I specifically flagged it because I am so in love with my idea for kids right now for their names. All three of my kids will have the same middle name and their middle name will just be E, just the letter E and all of their names. So I would love to have triplets, two boys, one girl. Um, that's like my ideal right now. Of course, all I want is healthy babies. But right now I'm in a phase where I want triplets, two boys, one girl. The girl's name is Fred E, because Freddie with the E initial. Then the two boys are Ted and Ed. So I'll have Freddie, Eddie, and Teddy. I am obsessed with it right now. I just, the idea of being like, Fred, Ed, Ted, come here. Freddie, Eddie, Teddy. Like, where, where am I? Where's Freddie, Eddie, and Teddy? Like, I just, ah. Uh, I think decorating the room and like putting their little names, Freddie, Eddie, Teddy. Like, I just think it's so cute. But Fred, E, Ted, E, Ed, E. I don't know. I just think it's cute. Anyways. Oh, gosh. My poor kids. Oh, I'm so excited to have babies one day. It's going to be the best. Mackenzie Stewinator asks, what moment in time would you like to relive slash do again? This is question that I think about actually all the time um, because there's been so many amazing phases in my life. I mean, of course, Dance Moms, Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition, Dancing with the Stars, Special Forces, as, as hard and torturous as it was, I would love to live it again. Think if I could pick a time of my life that I would want to relive again, it would actually be Special Forces only because it was so short. You know, Special Forces was was about a week long, a little over a week long. And so the fact that it was so quick, you know, Dancing with the Stars was 75 days. Dance Moms was two years. I got to like really soak it up. But I feel like those projects for me um, would be would be my like winner. Um, I think Special Forces. Also, though, Dream the Tour era. I, I loved being on tour. My concert tour was my favorite thing ever. I think if I could time travel, I'd go to like top of 2019 because then I would relive Dream the Tour again, relive Dancing with the Stars, relive Mass Singer, relive Special Forces, relive Coming Out, relive Falling in Love for the first time. Like I'd get to relive all of my best moments. So I feel like I feel like that would be my vibe. Top of 2019. Ooh, Kaylee, Kaylee's 64, Kaylee 64 underscore. There we go. There's her username. Kaylee 64 underscore asked, would you ever have any exes on the podcast? This question, I actually was so interested by my own inner thoughts because instantly my thought was like, yes, I totally would. But then I was like, but wait, who, which one and, 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 and why, and what would you talk about? And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, my initial answer is yes, because I would, I would welcome anybody to come on Jojo Siwa now that would be willing to talk about their life experiences and things they've gone through. And I think um, something about me is I really choose to look at my past and be grateful for it. And so even though, you know, obviously, because I'm not with any of them anymore and they're all my exes, even though things didn't work out between us, truly I'm so grateful for each and every one of them because they, they I, I mean, I'm speaking like I have 50. I have really two real ones. Um, I have like three fake ones, but like two real ones. Um and the thing is, is like they 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 both came into my life for a reason. And I'm very, very grateful for that. They both taught me a lot of lessons um, and they both taught me a lot of experience. And I'm very grateful for for everyone that's come onto my bus and hopped on and hopped off. But the reality of it is, is I'm so young. 
only 20 years old. And, you know, my first relationship started when I was 17, my second when I was 19. And so the the thought of like, it's, it's okay, we're young, like life moves on and like, odds are a teenage couple isn't going to work out. And so I think I have a really clear perspective on like, it's okay, there doesn't need to be bad blood. Um, Obviously, a lot more went on that than the world sees on the internet. And that can get kind of hard to see because you kind of get wrapped up in what the internet thinks. Um, But yeah, no, I'm not not opposed to having my exes on the podcast. Um, I don't think I would. I think I'd be really stressed the day that they're here. Um, But yeah, I I think it'd be kind of interesting. Um, But maybe not anytime soon. I feel like I need like a year to prep for that. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Olivia Elizabeth asked, uh, have you gone to therapy like that wasn't required by special forces? This question I thought was super important to answer. Uh, I haven't. I never have. Um, I've been on a lot of dramatic TV shows. Uh, Dance Moms, we had a set psychiatrist who was there for us if we ever needed her. Never needed her, but she was always there. And then special forces, we have required therapy. I'm pretty sure I'm done with all the required therapy. I might have to do more towards the end. Um, Anyways, but you for for forces the therapy I I, I actually didn't think I was going to need it. I was like, nah, I'm chilling, I'm good. Then once trailers and stuff started to come out and I started to see things again, I was like, ooh, hey, buddy, can we do a chat? Like, I, I did really need it. Um, and it was the first time in my life that I ever felt like I needed to talk to somebody. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I have a really, really good support system around me. And I think that if you are comfortable enough to be able to chat with your 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 friends and family about your life then that's a blessing but also sometimes it's it's the right step is to get professional and and professional help and a professional therapist um but for me personally i i don't know i've just kind of found my right dynamic in my own skin with my friends with my family and i've i've never gone to therapy i think i need it <laughs> i think i should go i think i have a lot that i don't even realize that i just keep inside me but I don't know. I just, it's never been something that I, it's never been a can of worms that I've opened. And I, I don't know if it ever will be, but uh, if it ever is, then hey, it is. There's nothing wrong with it. What was your favorite dance that you did in Dancing with the Stars? That is from Lilybeth2501. Hey, Lilybeth. Favorite Dancing with the Stars dance? I mean, oh, gosh, I, I, I watch Dancing with the Stars dances all the time. So we got Are You Gonna Be My Girl, which was our quick step. We had our Rain On Me Cha-Cha, Argentine Tango, Hit Me Baby One More Time, Viennese Waltz uh, to A Dream Is What Your Heart Makes, Pasa Doble to Disney's Descendants, Ways to Be Wicked. What did we do after that? After that was Sandy and Frenchie, which was a foxtrot uh, for Greece. And then we did... Um, next, the next week was Pennywise, which was our jazz. Anything goes. The next week was uh, Queen Week, so we did a uh, tango to body language, and then another foxtrot in the relay to under pressure. So that was Janet Jackson week, where we did a salsa to feedback, and we did that's the way love goes. We had a rumba, which is dance of love, and then it was uh, semifinals week, so we had an Argentine tango to a song called Santa Maria. And we had our contemporary to anything, not anything goes, before you go is what that one was called. Um, then the finale, we had our freestyle to Born This Way and our cha-cha tango fusion to I Don't Care, I Love It. Um, gosh, my favorite is probably between Sandy and Frenchie Foxtrot. I really loved the feeling of that dance. It wasn't necessarily my favorite steps to do. Steps to do, I love Pennywise and I love our contemporary because those dances just... They felt so comfortable for me because I'd done them before. You know, I grew up being a competitive dancer and so, but not anything ballroom. So any ballroom styles, Latin styles, that that was out of my comfort zone. But when it came time to do contemporary and jazz, you know, I had, I, I had done that before. Um, never partnering, but I, I knew what I was getting myself into. So probably those two and Sandy and Frenchie, those were, those were my favorites. 
what did special forces make you realize so much? Special forces, this question comes from Ambar underscore basketball. Special forces, I mean, it really did make me realize so much. It made me realize the things that I cared about, the people that I cared about, um, what mattered to me, what didn't matter to me. Uh, I don't know. I think I... I had a, I had a very, I've always had a pretty clear perspective on life and I've always kind of been able to see bigger picture and things. But I think maybe in special forces, I was actually able to see the smaller picture of like, Hey, look, maybe the future doesn't matter so much. Maybe the present actually matters the most more than the future does. Um, and so I was able to kind of find a clear balance. I actually recently just got upset at myself because I told myself after special forces, I wasn't going to put my career first anymore. I was going to put my fun first, my 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 friendships first, my life first. Um, but it's a fine line because my life is my career. And I recently was just in Florida uh, with Tyler Cameron, who I did special forces with. He's like, I mean, he's more than a brother to me now. I, I, I love that boy. Um, and then my brother's also in Florida now. So I got to see my my biological brother, Jaden, and I got to see his girlfriend, Abby. And I got to see my my special forces brother, Tyler. And I was having a really good time. And I got asked to come home to do uh, a concert with a new friend. Uh, their name is G Flip. And G asked me to come perform with them. And initially, my answer was actually no, because I was like, I'm in Florida, I can't make it work. And then I was like, no, Jojo, you do not say no to G Flip. Get your ass on a plane and get home. So I rearranged my travel schedule and I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do it. Fine. So I was supposed to be in Florida for like a week. I had to cut my trip short. I was only there for like a day, day and a half. Um, And it was super last minute. It was very, it was very hectic. But I was like, you know what? It's what we do. And as I was on the plane ride home, I remember like I actually started like cry when I was telling my mom about this because I was having a lot of fun in Florida. And I told my mom, I was like, I did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. I'm coming home to perform when I was having fun with my friends and it wasn't work. We were supposed to go on a boat the next day. Then I was going to go back up and indoor skydive with my brother, like supposed to be like pure fun for the weekend. And it was going to be a little break. And I told myself, I was like, I'm doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. Like, I'm, I came home to perform. Like, I came home to work. Like, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I'm excited to do it with G. But like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was I was sad. I was mad at myself. But then I was like, okay, Jojo, like, you got to get over it. You're doing, like, you, you did it. You're here. You're not taking another six-hour flight back to Florida. Like, what are you going to do? So I was like, all right. Found some fire. Went to sound check. And immediately when I walked in, and it was my first time actually meeting G in person, I knew that I had made the right choice and it was hard because I, I I was mad at myself for a second. But then once I walked into that sound check, I was like, oh, this is the best place I could be right now. And I had so much fun at sound check with G and uh, with Lauren. They're both amazing. And then when it came time for the concert, like I literally was like, this was the best choice I ever made. And it it kind of made me realize like, look, it's not about putting your life first. It's not about putting your career first. It's all about balance. This was a moment that I had a choice of priority or fun. And I chose priority when I told myself I was going to choose fun from now on. But I picked priority. And then I feel like the universe rewarded me by picking the right choice, by making the right choice. So much fun. I mean, it literally was the best night ever. I have a photo from that night now as my lock screen because I always set my lock screen to something that can make me instantly happy. And that photo is what can make me instantly happy right now is remembering that night, remembering performing with G and Lauren. Um, 
God, it was just, I mean, it was the best night. And G, G texted me and was like, thank you so much again for changing your travel and like doing this. Like, I, I can't, I can't even thank you enough for coming tonight. And I told them, I was like, it was the best choice I've made in a really long time. It was tough, but like, I do not regret it at all. Um, anyway, sorry, that, that got into, I told you we were getting deep today. All right. If you had to choose, would you rather do dance moms or forces again? Oh, Okay. Honestly, special forces, I would give anything to go back to forces. While we were there, DSQ told us he was like, you're, you're going to miss it. And I remember all of us were like, yeah, freaking right. We ain't ever going to miss this. I miss it. Like I, I remember the day I told DSQ, I was like, I miss you. I never thought I would say those words, but like, I miss you bad. So forces. I love dance moms. Um, sorry, I didn't say who these last ones were from. That one was from Jojo Softy. Um, next one is from Cat Cat Real Cat Real George. Sorry, sorry, homie. I don't know how to say your name. They said not a question, but let's talk about Lauren and G Flip. What? Oh, that night was so much fun. It was so much fun. Since we were just talking about it, um, this is a great time to talk about it a little more. I got to perform G Flip's song "Gay for Me," um, which is such an iconic song, and I got to do it with them and with Lauren, and it was just ah. Oh, it was so much fun. Uh, now, I after the concert, I mean, I watched G perform and I was watching them play the drums and I was just like, I, G is an incredible drummer, but uh, I, I was watching them play and I was just like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to learn that. And I had tried the drum signs a little, but never, never, never kept them around. Uh, literally had them for like a day and then was like, nah, this ain't for me. Anyways, after I was like, I want to drum again. I want to drum, like, I want to get a drum kit. Like, this is what I'm going to be into now. And that next day, G texted and was like, dude, if you ever want to learn the drums, like, I would love to teach you. And I was like, you have no idea. I've been contemplating this all freaking night. Sick. So, G, I'm actually having my first lesson with them tomorrow. They're going to come up to my studio and teach me drums, uh, which I'm so excited about. Uh, that concert, I told G, I was like, you have no idea. Like, this was a fun night, but this was an inspiring night for me. Like, I, mm, best night. And G and Lauren are the coolest freaking people in the world. Hilliker ALDC asked me, how did I come out to my mother? Um, my mom actually made my coming out to her super easy. Uh, I, I was, I can't, I was not scared to come out, but afraid to come out. I know those have very similar meanings, but I wasn't scared like, Ooh, my family's going to hate me. I was scared. Like, what's my family going to think that I don't know? You know what I mean? I was kind of afraid of, I was afraid of the unknown. Um, and everyone kind of caught a vibe between me and the very first girl that I liked. And everyone kind of knew that like, oh, I was like very open to the LGBTQ community. I was very accepting, very celebrate. It was celebratory more than the average person more than somebody who isn't a part of the uh, uh, LGBTQ community. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's, I mean, I can speak as my family, everybody else in my family besides me is straight. Sexuality is fluid. So that could change at any point in time, but everyone in my family is straight. And for, for a time I, I, I was, I guess um, I was never straight, but we'll say I was <laughs> um, pretty sure there's a question about that coming up. Uh, anyways, but I, I just, I don't know. I was always just a little more, everyone was accepting, but I was a little more excited about the gays than, than, than everybody else. Um, 
And so everyone kind of caught a vibe between me and this girl who ended up becoming my first girlfriend. And my mom kind of asked me about it. And I was like, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. But in my head, I knew what I was feeling. And then after, I mean, our, we were on a vacation together and our vacation ended. And my mom was like, you really like her, don't you? And we weren't with her anymore. I just said goodbye. And I was in the car and I was crying. I was like, yeah. And my mom was like, do you like her as a friend or as more than a friend? And I was like, more than a friend. And my mom was like, I figured. And I was like, yeah. Like she, I don't know. I, I always told myself, I was like, I will only ever, this is what I always said. I said, I will only ever come out if I have a reason to, or if I met Lady Gaga. I don't know why, but I always had this plan that if I ever saw Lady Gaga, I was going to tell her look, I've never told anyone this, but I think I like girls. I like that was like always like literally 12 year old me's game plan was like Lady Gaga. I can tell Lady Gaga because I, I don't know. I just felt like Gaga would have been like that safe space for me to be able to be the first person to come out to. Um, so one day if I ever meet Gaga, I will, I will tell her that still. I'll be like, look, the whole world now, now knows, but you were going to be the first person that I told because I just, I, I don't know. Something in my head was like, you can tell Gaga and she'll be all right with it. Uh, but now, I mean, my, my coming out was, was, was simple because my people around me made it simple. My people around me were very open. My people around me asked and I, I now had a reason to say yes. You know, if I didn't like a girl or I wasn't with a girl or say, I still say I liked the girl, but nothing happened between us. I still would have just been like, oh no. But I couldn't deny it anymore. You know, it was right there in front of me. I had now kissed a girl and it was like, whoa, this is real. You actually have a feeling like, what is this? And it, I don't know, it was, a, it was a sweet, very innocent crush. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't hide from it anymore. It just was what it was. So I had no problem being open about it. Jojo, this is actually, this question is actually from the same person. This question is from Hilliker ALDC as well. They said, Jojo, do you know the order of the solos? I don't. I never got told the order of the solos. Even that day, they were like, not mine telling you. Fight broke out. Still don't know the order of the solos. And if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, then you're just, you're just, it's too much to explain. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Amber underscore basketball. Oh my gosh, we got another Amber underscore basketball. How is it balancing your life with family and people you work with or your job? That is an incredible question. Um, you know, it's it comes in phases. You know, there's times when my job requires more attention than my family and friends. And there's times when my family and friends require more attention than my, my job. You know, I always say that I'm lucky because my career... I've been doing it long enough now that it can, I can just kind of do it muscle memory without thinking. Um, you know, growing up, like I, I had to think from the time I was nine to probably 17. And then once I turned 17, it was like clockwork. I could do anything that I had learned in the past eight years in the same way that think about a, a, a normal person would, you know, graduate high school at 18. They'd kind of take few years maybe we'll just say eight years they take till they were 26 to kind of figure it out and then when you're 26 you kind of like you got a groove I found that groove from the time I was I mean literally like 10 to 10 to 18 and so I think I'm very lucky or I even guess 9 to 17 is what I was saying earlier um that now it's like I can kind of do my job without thinking the only thing is it requires a lot of time and a lot of energy and so a lot of the times I'm just drained um my mom and I are pretty actually codependent in the workplace and we've that's just because we've been 50 50 my whole life but now that i'm getting older you know kind of have this dynamic where it's like i don't need her help on everything and she doesn't need my help on everything and so we have a few code sayings now that we're saying um and we tend to overwork so you know we'll work at night we'll talk about work when somebody necessarily doesn't want to um so we we just literally within this last week put a few rules in place um and there's two of them Number one, at any point in time that is not between the hours of nine to five, so say it's uh, eight in the morning or 6 p.m. at night, 
or later, you know what I mean? You can call Dolly Parton. And that is if my mom is talking to me at 11 p.m. at night about something for work, I can say Dolly Parton. And that means I am I want to talk about this, but I've just had a day and I've worked a lot today. And I just don't have the energy in me to talk about it at 10 o'clock at night. And she then the other person has the rule that they can't get offended by that and they just have to hold it until the morning, make a list, write it down. Or if it is super important, they can ask for a hall pass. We haven't had to do the hall pass yet. Um, but that's kind of our new Dolly Parton saying is kind of just to be a boundary of like, hey, look, like I, I want to work, but just not right now. And then another one that we just put in place is so that way we don't feel like we have to be so codependent. What will happen a lot is she'll ask for my opinion on something or I'll ask for her opinion on something. Sometimes you do want the opinion. Other times you just want the validation. And for me, that would be like, if I was, you know, putting on an outfit and like I needed her validation on like what I was wearing, right? She can knock three times, knock, knock, knock. And that means that, look, I just, I don't care. Don't be offended that I don't care, but I just don't care. And it's a solo project. And the reason it's knock, knock, knock is because Miley Cyrus has a song on my own and is I'll do it on my own. And it goes three knocks at the door. And it, it has that in it. Um, and so say she's doing a project and she goes, Jojo, what what order of the song should XOMG sing? And I'll say an order and she'll be like, okay, but like, wait, I was like, I already had it wrote, wrote down like this. And then I can just knock three times because like, look, that's a solo project. Like you already have it in your head. You're just looking for my validation of yours. So knock, knock, knock. I care about you. I care about this, but I don't care about that. You know what I mean? And it's it's not a bitchy, I don't care. It's more just like, uh, you got this. You don't need you don't need my validation on this. You will get it no matter what, you know? So that's kind of our new saying and that's really helped balance things. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard as our, our life is our work. And that's a hard balance to figure out. And that's why I always say it's not for everybody. I always tell my grow group kids, if you don't love it now, you're never going to love it. So stop. You know, if you don't want to, if you, you're so young that if you're, if you feel like you're not right for this, don't do it. Um, and all my grow group kids are freaking amazing. I'm so proud of those kids. They're strongest little kiddos ever. Um, they're awesome. Uh, Livy Elizabeth back with another question. They asked, have you apologized to any of the dance mom girls for invalidating their trauma since reuniting? This is something that when I got asked this question, I realized it was kind of a deeper, deeper picture, um, that I, I, I would like to talk about. Um, I, over the last few years have, honestly, I can't even say last few years, last, last few months have learned other people's experiences. And that is something that when you put that into perspective, it changes a lot. It changes a lot about how you think about things, how you think about people, how you respond to people is really understanding someone else's perspective. And I can say that that's something that I'm grateful that I've grown from. Now, the thing is, is we we did. I will say we did on the reunion. We talked about the trauma um, that I talked about online publicly. The only ever ways that I've shaded people, um, dance moms wise, is Brooke made a joke about Abby online, which I learned it was a joke. And you'll hear more about this in the reunion. And I I said, look, it's one thing to say it but it, it, to just deny it but it's an abby lee account not abby lee herself friend requested brooke and brooke was like uh what 
I at the time thought she was being serious. She was making a joke. Like she knew it wasn't Abby. She was making cracking a joke about it. I commented, it's one thing to just deny, but it's another to post about it. Just keep something like this to yourself. Now, that is something that I still do believe. That is, if you don't have something that is positive to say about somebody, then just like, look, keep it to yourself. However, I also believe in standing up for your people. And I think Brooke was standing up for herself by that post. And I think I was standing up for my friend by that post. And I didn't know Brooke at the time. Now Brooke and I are very cool with each other. Um, we've had some incredible talks. Like it's been, it's been really great. But it's, it's, I don't know. I think something got put into my head of like, look, the same way it's okay for you to defend your friend, it's also okay for her to defend herself. So if I could go back in time, probably just wouldn't take the effort to comment. You know what I mean? Like I'd probably just also keep my opinion to myself, um, which is something that I've learned, you know, throughout a lot of situations on the internet. Um, specifically for me, like with the Candace Cameron situation with my exes, the only time now that I will speak about somebody is if I am being accused of something that I didn't do or didn't, didn't happen. Um, which did happen recently. Um, a, a few a few lies have been said about me. And look, a story is a story. There's always going to be multiple sides to the story. There's always going to be one side, A side, B side, and then there's going to be the truth. And I don't, I don't, I think I've learned that it's okay for someone to share their side as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. And that happened to me where somebody was sharing their side but there was a lot of lies in their side to glorify them when I actually legally can't talk about what happened. And that's something that, you know, gets hard when people are saying something online about you and coming at you and then blaming at you. But people people can't even know the truth because I can't legally talk about the truth. And that that is hard because it's you're just seeing the comments every single day and you're seeing people tell you you're a bad person every single day and you ruin this person and I'm like you don't even know the start of it not even the half of it you don't even know a fourth of it like it's and so people I've learned really love to believe lies on the internet it is so fun for people to believe and a lot of things are true a lot of things are twisted and a lot of things are false and people love to jump and agree and join the most dramatic because it's the most entertaining and people like what's entertaining. Think about Dance Moms. You don't remember the fun, good days. You remember the fights. People like the entertaining stuff. Think about Vanderpump. Tell me one other thing that's happened on Vanderpump. I couldn't, I've never watched Vanderpump. I don't know, but I sure as hell know about Scandal, not just because I'm friends with him, but after the fact of Special Forces, everyone's been like, oh my God, so tell me about Tom Sandoval. And I'm like, that's the one thing people remember. You know what I mean? But long story short, I've learned that it's, 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 a, it's a shit thing to do to invalidate someone else's feelings. And that is something that I have done um, a, a few times. And I've definitely learned but it is okay to stand up for yourself and it is okay to stand up for your friends. And overall, people are going to pick sides. It's going to happen. I wish it didn't have to happen, but it, it does happen and people will. And just remember that in life, no matter what, time keeps moving and time keeps going on and we only have so long on this earth. Unfortunately, the world today loves to focus on the bad 
Um, but there is good. So don't get lost and caught up in the bad. Remember the good. Um, oh, and then back to the original question, uh, invalidating the, the trauma. The other thing was Christy. Uh, I, I responded to Christy cause she was saying bad things about Gianna and Gianna is somebody that I love and adore still to this day. Gia is the freaking awesomest. Again, me realizing people did have different experiences, but also me realizing that Christy is a 40 something year old woman. She should know not to say mean things about someone on the internet, which I also didn't know the lesson at the time. And I think Christy probably learned the lesson at the same time that I did. I think I just as a kid thought she would have already known the lesson. And so I came at her. I did watch the video back just recently during the Dance Moms reunion. And I was like, ah, nah, Jojo, that was a little much. That was a little much. Like you didn't need to go that hard in her. I feel like now I would still stand up for Gia, but I'd be like, Hey, look, dude, I understand you had a different experience with Gia, but let's just keep things nice. If you don't got anything nice to say, just don't say them at all. I feel like that's how I do it now. However, at the time I went in on her, which I mean, I don't know. It's how I felt at the time, but we did talk about it. We did clear the air. Everything's cool. Again, look, it's, what did Tom Holland say? He said, if you have a problem with me, text me. And if you don't have my number to text me, then you don't have a reason to have a problem with me. And that, I mean, it's... It's straight fire. It's, it's it's a baller quote. All right, moving on to a better topic. Robin.Spring 2.0 asks, any advice on coming out? Yes, um, it's hard. Even for people who it might look easy for, it is still very hard. Uh, the best part is after, once you're out and you never have to do it again. Um but the first time you come out is the hardest. Uh, I think pick somebody who might not even be your closest person, but pick somebody who you know you're going to get a good reaction from as your first person that you come out to because that will give you your first time to say it. And then you you know that that person is going to be supportive. You know what I mean? If there's another person that is a member of the LGBTQ community that you can come out to, I would start there because they they've been there, they've come out, they understand, or maybe they haven't come out and maybe you two can help each other. Um, but, but I think start there, start with someone safe and work your way to that person that you are hard, like that is hardest to come out to. Um, but be brave. Coming out is the best thing. It is a gift to be able to come out. Um, be brave. Know that everyone in this generation that's coming out is paving the way for the next generation for it to not be awkward. And I think the younger that we get i mean obviously i know we're all getting old with time but i i came out when i was 17 and i think that opened the door for a lot of kids to see oh she's 17 and coming out so i think the more we can normalize it the better but you know coming out i mean it's it's hard i wouldn't sugarcoat it and say it's easy but just pick a safe person and uh go for it Jojo Softy asked, what's your favorite energy drink? I had to throw a just fun answer question in there. This video is not sponsored, but Ghost Energy Drink is my favorite right now. Every flavor. I love blue raspberry, sour watermelon, red raspberry, uh, cherry limeade, lime. Ugh, they're all so good. Favorite moment with you and Jenna. Um, I actually just had a really sweet moment with Jenna. I had Jenna on the podcast and I got to read her my death note that I wrote on Special Forces because I wrote it to her. And anytime I uh, I read this death note, I sob. And it's a very hard thing for me to read. It puts me back in a place where I was at one of my lowest, literally writing a death note after I hadn't seen family, hadn't talked to anybody for multiple days. And so I finally got to read her her little part of it. And I mean, it broke me, but it also built me more than ever. 
Wow, we're on favorite memories with people. I got favorite memory with Tyler Cameron on Special Forces. My favorite memory with Ty on Forces is when we were chopping wood and I ran the axe into my leg and Tyler was like, oh, shit. Because not only Tyler, when he tells the story, oh, no, actually, I have a better memory. Now we're a boarding mission. I have a better memory. My favorite memory is day two, I became fashion police because they would get mad at us. The DS would get mad at us and punish us if we didn't all look the same. So finally, I was like, all right, well, I'm taking on this role of telling everyone how to look because, look, you put me and Jack Osborne and Nick and Tyler and and Bodie Miller in a room, which one of us is going to know what our wardrobe's supposed to look like? Which one of us is going to notice whose sock is pulled up higher than the others? The 20-year-old psychotic dancer. That's who's going to know. And so... I I was like, all right, I'm taking on this role. So I used to tell the boys, I'd be like, we're wearing this because we had a few different layers that we could choose between. And I'd be like, everyone put this on and make sure that we're doing three buttons, zip, pockets, gloves in the pockets. Like I just started to tell everyone. And then as we would run out to the parade square, I'd stand out by the door and I would be like, Tyler, your right button. And he would look and his right button was undone. And I, he, Bodie, you're missing your armband. Jack, your shoes are different than everybody else's tire shoes, right? Like I just started to really police everybody up, which is something the DS wanted us to do. But no one was kind of taking over and doing it. And the duty recruit, who was like the lead of the recruits for the day, was supposed to do that. And that role was ever changing. But that was something that people wouldn't even necessarily notice if one button was missing. But I could look at everybody and see instantly who was off. And that, I mean, it does come from being a dancer and cleaning dances and looking at wardrobe and costumes. And so, anyways, I became wardrobe police. And in the beginning, day two, three, four, even really day, no, I was day two, three, and four, the boys would get like annoyed. They'd roll their eyes at me. They'd kind of scoff and be like, you know what I mean? Like it, it was funny to see, but I was always, I was always right. I would never do it to be annoying. I would never do it to, to tell them what to do. I would just do it so we didn't get in trouble. And so like they would come in and they'd take their armband off and they would like leave it on the floor and I'd be like, put your armband on, otherwise you're going to forget it. And they'd be like, Jojo. And I'd be like, and they'd be like, you're right. And I was like, I know. Anyways, one of my favorite memories with Tyler is I think it was like day five or six. He comes up to me. He was like, hey, Jojo, will you check my outfit? And I was like, absolutely, I will. And that moment for me was such a like, okay, these boys actually understand now where I'm coming from. The fact that this grown 30-year-old man was like, will you check my outfit? Like, I just, that moment for me, I was like, oh, you're a good one, bro. Like, I've had to yell at these boys. And now, now not only would I check his outfit and be like, no, you're good. Like, you're in. Like, I got them conditioned on how to wear their wardrobe. But it was the fact that he, like, wanted the, like, the check now. It just, it made me really, really happy. Ooh, Paz, P-A-Z-D-S-S-S. I don't know how to say that. I'm going with Paz, Paz, are you talking slash seeing anyone right now? Ugh, I bet you'd like to know. Fully not. <laughs> I, uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I told myself in the beginning of 2023, I was like, I'm not dating all this year. And I uh, talked to a few people throughout the year. I've talked to, I'd say two people. I would, I would say two people is fair to say. I've talked to two different people throughout the year. And yeah, both just never, never really went anywhere. They ended before they even started, basically. And uh, yeah, Miss Mother Nature is really holding me to my uh, you ain't dating all of 2023 rule. And so good news is the, uh, the year is almost over. <laughs> 
Hilligray LDC back with another one. They asked, did you really have a crush on Kalani when you were young? Absolutely not. Kalani also joined JoJo Siwa now and we talk all about this so make sure you listen to it. Um, we talk all about my crush on her that I did not have. But I don't know, man. I mean, me and Kalani, we'd be cute together. It's never happening, but we'd be cute. There are so many questions and I really do love answering them. So I would like to do a part two to this. Everybody stay tuned and enjoy part two of the Q&A of JoJo Siwa now. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Jojo Siwa Now Podcast. Be sure to write us a review and maybe if you're feeling it, leave us five stars. I'll see you next week. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.